We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, I'm keeping a smile on the old face here, boys. That's that's what we do in in New York. It's t- it's it's. Hey, listen, how you doing? It's your boy Jonathan Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Sorry, I'm having trouble because the, the Knicks literally just got their asses handed to them, which it, crazy enough is <laughs> unfamiliar feeling this season. It's the first time this has happened, really. Uh, Jeremy Cohen, my co-host, is here with me. Um, how are you, first and foremost? As good as you can be when you watch the Knicks get their asses handed to them in game 10. You know, we, I, I thought it, it was going to happen earlier. So I think that in itself is some sort of an achievement. They've gotten beaten. Uh, I'm fairly certain they've gotten. Have they gotten beaten by 20 before tonight or were all the deficits lower than 12? I'll, I'll look at The it Sixers up. game, I think, was around there, it, but it. It didn't, you know, it was one of those games where, yeah, no, felt like it, they had a legitimate chance was, going in at halftime. And this was the first time where this was the first ass kicking. Yeah. No. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's so funny. It's so funny. Perspective is everything because me and you sitting here having watched that and every Nick fan who's going to be listening to this perspective goes right out the, out the window. If you have perspective after, after this weekend, after the Friday game, which was just, Oof. Um, what was worse for you, the Friday game or this game? I think the Friday game in some ways. Because I wasn't expecting what happened. I guess, let me put it this way. I was expecting an ass-kicking as soon as it was like the end of the first. Like there was a point I was uh, there was a point where it was like 10 to 13 in the next tonight. Round, they went were, into, tonight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where they went into a commercial break and I thought like if I were a betting man, because I have abstained other than future bets. I would absolutely bet on the nuggets to cover the spread because I knew like there's no, this is the tastiest line this line will be. And of course I laid off because I didn't want to open Pandora's box, but more importantly, it just, it, it, the lead, I mean, was gone for the Knicks obviously. And then the lead for the, for the nuggets grew exponentially and it wouldn't stop growing. Um, So the thing with the Thunder game is I had this feeling that it was just awful basketball, but you kind of thought there was a chance that they could pull it out. And it just felt uglier and uglier as it went on, but you still felt like that patented fake comeback was coming, but only this time, maybe a little bit more real because you had had just, you just had the Utah jazz game where that felt real and it was real. So, um, well, we should, some ways I'm more, I'm more appreciative of tonight. There was a moment in this game in the late third quarter 
where so the for those who, who did had other things to do on Sunday, and I can't imagine what else you'd be doing other than watching Knicks Nuggets. But for those who did not watch this game, um, the Knicks uh, got down uh, by 20 by 18. I think it was Nuggets were it was like 40. 224 or whereabouts and then it kind of hovered right around there until the third quarter it got over 20 and then late in the third quarter i think the knicks cut it to 14 points maybe 13 maybe 15 somewhere around there and it was like you looked at it and you're like you know i think it was maybe an austin rivers three like yeah maybe they got a little run in them and then um some nugget or another hit a three and it went back up to 18 i think and that was that um so yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. Um, the Friday game for me, I don't know if it was worse, but what was so strange about the Friday game, and we're by the way, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the first ten games as a whole, but like this just happened and this weekend happened, so we're gonna touch on this for a bit. Um, they were up by ten or eleven in the first quarter of Friday night, right? Yeah. Yeah, somewhere on there. So it was it was definitely ten because I remember I double I tweeted about a double digit lead. I think it got to eleven, and they were leaving baskets on the floor left and right in the first quarter of that game. And it and I think Breen even said it. It's like the the uh, the Thunder have to feel great about whatever they were down by at the end of the first quarter. It felt like the Knicks should have been up by at least fifteen points and maybe close to twenty points, um, because the Thunder were missing everything, and then. Once the Knicks didn't go up by that amount and then the Thunder crept back in it and made it single digits and brought it down to six and to four and whatever, that's when I started to get that feeling. Like, oh, no, it's 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 happening, isn't it? And it happened. And then tonight it was like you got the same feeling when the Nuggets started getting baskets and you're going, oh, it's happening, isn't it? And then it happened. And that's so different than the Hawks game and the Pacers game and the Jazz game. Um, because all of those games, you had the feeling like, oh, this is going this way. And it didn't go that way. It went a different way. So I think the Knicks threw us off their scent a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, they are what they are, which is a team that has some some challenges. And I think we're going to get into that. Um, is there anything else about either Friday or tonight that you want to mention specifically outside of the, the the bounds of our larger conversation about the, the first 10 games. The offense is just trash. You know, it kind of seemed like you could skate couldn't by. put it lightly. You couldn't choose a maybe no. kinder word. Um, no, no. Tonight doesn't call for that. Uh, it, it does not. Does it? You know, this was an offense that I believe was around 25th or 26th. The last time, maybe 24th when we talked. Um, that sounds about right. It just wasn't functioning and it seemed like you know a lot of things are great when the ball flows through Julius Randle and he's still been phenomenal um it's everyone around him well except for Mitch Mitch has been outstanding and I think that's the one overwhelming positive from the younger group of players where it feels like that's talked about last week we did it it feels tangible and you can see it even on off nights where he shines through you know, I mean, this was a situation of this was a, a really good Nuggets team where the record is obviously not reflective of the talent that they have. Um, the Thunder as well. It kind of felt like a trap game. Uh, it's amazing that the Knicks even had a trap game. But then the Nugget, the, excuse me, the Thunder just rolled into Brooklyn and won even more handedly than they did against the Knicks. So um, it's a tough schedule. It's the, the Knicks have the toughest schedule in the NBA to start the season through 10 games. And uh, I'm sure we'll get into that more, but between Friday and today, you know, it's just, it's just the, the offense. You got to look at the offense, the fact of what Peyton, yes, you can get into the paint, but there are certain plays or opportunities that just feel well, lost when you don't have someone who can go five out. And when you're an NBA team and they're playing zone, it's a problem. Um, did I make the golf club? Uh, analogy on this podcast? Uh, I don't believe so. Was it with Dallas? Maybe might have been. Yeah, I think it was with Dallas. Um, by the way, proof again. I don't just forget what you say and what we talk about. I forget what I talk about in all these podcasts. I see that smirk on your That's face. That's fair. That's fair. Wipe it the hell off. <laughs> uh, but, maybe twenty two came back. Right. <laughs> by the way, I've seen Soul John. I just wanted to let you know. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say it again. Jeremy, have you seen Soul? No, I haven't. 
excuse me uh sorry uh god i i I link by the way for those of you at home hearing beeps that's because i somehow linked up my phone to my laptop and i don't know how to undo it now this is all a function of me trying to put game clips on the cloud wherever the cloud is i'm a mess just like the knicks are right now um i agree with you wholeheartedly i think whereas here's what these two games did for me um whereas we came into the weekend knowing that it was always going to be an uphill climb for the Knicks to have score enough points to win a game. Right. We saw them make that uphill climb five out of eight times. So we were like, okay, they can do it because they've done it. They have enough shot makers on the team, even if they cannot have, um, in like a good offense in the traditional sense of the NBA. And when I say traditional sense, I mean, look around 20 or so teams in the league have two guys that you could count on to really, and some of them have three and more, but like at least two guys that can draw attention and break down a defense individually and that get the dominoes starting to fall. Right. And I think we've, I think we were maybe fooled into thinking like, even though we don't have a second of those guys, we had enough other pieces that could do some of those sorts of things, i.e. Austin Rivers hitting whatever, making 14 points in, in whatever amount of minutes um, to make up the difference. Right. And I think what this weekend brought home or, or, or nailed whatever um, I'm losing my analogies here again, I'm a mess tonight um, is that like, that's maybe not the case. And especially, and we haven't mentioned it yet, and I'm sure we're going to get into it, being as shorthanded as they are, no Obi Toppin, no Alec Burks. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting someone else that they don't have right now. No, those are those are the big two guys. Frank, obviously, but different conversation. Um, you know, it, it hurts. And when you and specifically, there are challenges involved in, in the starting lineup. Um, and, and that's probably a good place for us to, to start off talking about the, the first 10 games. But before we do that, Jeremy, did you know we're now on Blue Wire? You know, I did. I did. Did you fact, hear that? Uh, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, how awesome is this? So because we're, so we're with Blue Wire now. And uh, because we are now with Blue Wire, I have a new ad to read. How exciting is that? Jeremy, you ready for this one? Is, it better not be Faruqi and Faruqi. It better not be Faruqi and Faruqi, John. It's a, I it love Faruqi and Faruqi. Shout out to Faruqi and Faruqi. The ultimate uh, MVPs. Ult- they're the MVPs of the season. Maybe that's why the Knicks, it's our fault, actually. It is. Because we, we transferred podcast networks, and now we don't have Faruqi ad to run anymore. Well, I'll be on just quick side note. I yeah. uh, For those watching, can see that I shaved, and I was terrified. I shaved right before the Jazz game, and my first thought was, why did I just do this? Because if the Knicks start losing... I'm going to blame myself for shaving the mustache. Sure enough, Jazz won. So I was like, all it's right, not you. great. It's no, not me. It's me. It's it's me transferring to uh, a blue eye. And Andrew, I'm blaming Andrew. Um, it's, it's always Andrew. It's Andrew. Um, okay, so uh, real quick. Hey, everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hey, how about that? Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, question and answers with Blue Wire's top podcasters, uh, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into this program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to BW hustle.com backslash join again check out the district description box for this episode to find out more but that's bwhustle.com slash join uh very exciting stuff um and I'm very happy to be in all seriousness we're thrilled uh i i asked jeremy facetiously but we we've been kind of celebrating over the last several days that we're, we're making this move so we're thrilled to be part of the blue wire family and uh onwards and upwards from here uh okay 
before the season started, I asked you what your prediction was for the Knicks record after the first 10 games, and you told me three and uh, seven, correct? That's correct. And I heard that, and I'm like, well, I can't be the asshole who predicts they're going to go two and eight on my podcast. So you essentially forced me into picking four and six. You're welcome, by the way. Hey, listen, I, I appreciate you. Of course. Um, but I didn't feel great about it, and and I don't think I was, was you know, beating around the bush about that. They're five and five. Um, I'm actually, as I throw it to you, I'm going to check and see if uh, NBA Advanced Stats has their updated uh, defensive ranking. Because, look, you know, they're still going to, I think the Nuggets were 12 for 30 something from three tonight. Like they're still, by and large, if you look at the numbers as a whole, yes, the Knicks are still getting lucky um, when it comes to three point defense. Um, no, no updated stats yet. Um, and, that that matters, um, but they've played, as you said, the hardest schedule in the league. They've had significant injuries, and I'm not trying to make it out like Obi Toppin and Alec Burks are God's gift, but on this team, what those guys could bring matters, and the fact that they don't have them matters. And they're sitting here at 5-5, five and five, and they seem most importantly, and this is the last thing I'll say before I throw it to you, is they seem to have bought in. And obviously, when you're a team short on talent and you're facing um, a hungry, kind of desperate Nuggets squad that was four and five and needed to win, like buying in doesn't really matter. Okay, fine. We get it. But they bought in. They have bought in. It's pretty clear that they've bought in. Um, Are there issues? Yes, we'll get into them. But overall, if we're taking a step back off the ledge after this shitty game and this shitty weekend, I don't know how, as a Nick fan, you could look at what's going on and be upset at the big picture. You'd be upset at some specific things, but I don't know how you could be upset about the big picture. Jeremy, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. And I'm glad you talked about the records because I was going to say, we both essentially said that they were going to do worse than they currently are. And so they're, they're outpacing what we thought. And maybe I, I would imagine that a lot of you listening uh, felt similarly going into the season that with a tough schedule and a new uh, front office and head coach and a lot of moving pieces that this would be a team that would start out of the gate on the slower end. And we would kind of have that tank for whomever, in this case, it's the Cade Brigade, um, out in full force. And there's, I know that tonight it certainly seemed that way, but there's not a whole lot of quit in a player, in, in a coach like Tibbs. Um, obviously, yes, he yanked Randall when there were about seven minutes left, I believe, but Randall wound up playing 38 minutes. So you can do the math on that. He was in there for a while. Same thing with RJ, you know, RJ played for 33 minutes. Usually he plays much higher, but nice to give them a rest. The point being that again, outside of this one night, because really I know that Friday feels like it's compounded into this night. It shouldn't be. I really think that there's two separate situations very much so thank you for saying that because that's a good point yeah i mean you you could say that it bled into the other but i i don't know i i have i have believed that momentum has been a thing and then i've realized it really isn't like if you watch hockey especially there because they always talk about momentum momentum in my mind doesn't necessarily exist um i i thought it did but I don't really think it is. I think game to game, there are significant differences and you regroup and you attack the next time. Um, but for this team, I mean, you can, you can find the highlights, you can see the lowlights. You can basically say with all the injuries, yes, they are five and five. That's fantastic. But it also goes back to the key point of um, they just need a closer. They need that guy. We talked about this after the, the first three, two, three games or so. Yeah. Um, the Knicks are in desperate need of someone on the wing who can be a consistent threat and, and do a great job in scoring. And you can have your best defender, you know, the opponents can have their best defender on this player. And until they have that multi-level scorer, this team's just kind of going to slog along. And it's great that Randall's been able to elevate his game. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't have that, that threat that I'm talking about, you know, like that elite score or even, well, let's just say exactly score. what it is. It's a Even guy like a- that can beat someone off the dribble mm-hmm. and make a three. And whether you want to say that there are, and look, we could 
quibble about how many of those guys there are in the league or how many, let me rephrase that, how many teams have that guy in the league right now? Maybe you think it's 15. Maybe you're not high on Colin Sexton or like, you know, someone of that ilk. But it's like 15 to 20-ish teams have that guy. Yeah. And we don't. That's all. Right. It's not the sort of thing where it's this impossible alpha that you can't attain. It's like there are good players, really good players out there who you could sign for. Like, I think a perfect example is probably like a Gordon Hayward type. And that's why the Knicks went out and tried to get him because he represented someone who would draw enough attention away. And they were right to try to get him for what they were trying to get him for. For that reason. Right. Where he's going to have gravity, or at least they're going to respect what his shot can be, his ability to to move the ball around. And it almost seems like that was a significant problem in the last game too, where the ball kept moving, but it wasn't moving well. And then no one would really shoot it except for maybe Austin Rivers because he'd go ISO because everyone else was either cold or didn't feel like shooting. And I think also quickly not playing well has been a significant factor because, you know, the last game with the Thunder, it felt like he would consistently be outside of the paint, but he would have these floaters, but he wouldn't really attack the rim quite well. And he wouldn't tonight shoot threes off the catch and shoot. So how do you generate offense when your players around you won't shoot? And when you're exhausted, when you don't have the talent that you want around you. So again, I think we can look at the positives and that, yes, this team's doing better, but I go back to the main point, the overarching point, which wasn't getting lost in the five and three start, which is great. I'm all in favor of celebrating that hundred percent, but we knew what this team was. We knew, and we know what this team is. It is a rebuilding team that, has caught fire for a few games coming back. That's really exciting. At least one of them was, you know, blowing out the Milwaukee Bucks, and they since have done a great job of reaching like a million and years ago, by the it way. Really does. It does. Yeah. Yes, it does. So um, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, where I love taking, like, I'm glad we're doing this, that it falls on the 10th game because I love taking these 10 uh, game groupings and yeah. establishing where you're at at that point. At this point, I don't understand how fans can be upset per se. Like it seemed to me that the biggest thing fans are upset with um, recently, I guess. Well, not so much. I mean, it, let me let me put it this way: if your biggest problem this past week had anything to do with Amari Spellman, then you really don't have any problems. <laughs> I was about to say I did not think that name was going to be the one to come out of your mouth. No, but I mean, look. The people- point being, it, it's just yeah. it's a it's an absurd thing to get upset with. And I think that people, at least I hope people would be more upset with the victories or the lack thereof, the decisions that came down tonight and against the thunder. But again, like I can't look at these 10 games and, and put my head down and say, well, they tried. I can say, this is a team that's buying into what the Knicks are doing. And with this level of talent, what they're able to accomplish, that says something about the future because it was never about this year. It was always about taking well, step next year and then, you know, where I said the play-in tournament would be ideal. And even so, this is based on the new ramifications. The Knicks can still contend for the play-in tournament. And that's exciting. Yeah, but it, you, it still I, is. I, I disagree. Again, lean on the great Mike Breen said it during one of the recent games. They couldn't come out here this year and win 20 games. And look, they're five and five at this point. Could they still go out there and end up the season with 20 wins? Absolutely. So that ship has certainly not sailed. Just to interject. Yeah. It's there's a difference between saying anything goes and saying this team is going to be terrible. Like I at no point thought that this was the worst or second worst team. Okay. So there's a level of, yes, there's a bar. It's not a high bar, but it's just like, we can't afford to be, you know, say like a bottom three team, because I think, and I, I, this may, I maintain this thought where the, then there's enough talent here where it is still above that of a bottom three teams. However, look at what the thunder are doing. They're surging. You've got other teams crashing down like the wizards, the pistons have hit what feels like rock bottom. And yet they keep falling. The Timberwolves were without Carl Anthony towns and yet they're falling. So, yeah. and, and you look at, If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, 
and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. The standings, and you could blink, and two games from now, the Knicks are finding themselves either at the top of the standings or at the very bottom. That's how close together everything is right now. Everything's bunched together. But the expectations are... It's it's right. I agree with you. It's not that uh, it's kind of like, oh, well, they can afford to win 15 games and finish with the worst record and everything's fine. It's no, they're going to finish better than that. Yeah. You want them to finish better than that. But I just don't expect them to do as far better as fans might think that they will. And I think fans have been pretty measured in terms of how they viewed this team. As far ahead as fans may have talked themselves into believing a few days ago is what I think you're trying to say. Yes. Yeah. Um, the season, and, and we agree on this, the season does matter. This, this could this could not be a dumpster fire season. I, this has been the theme of my last nine months, writing, talking, whatever. Um, and I think we're on the on the road to that, to, to, to avoiding dumpster fireville. So that's, that's great. Um, and I think, you know, when you get into the reasons why they hopefully will continue to avoid dumpster fireville, um, it's it has to start and end with Julius Randle because if you take Julius Randle off this team, uh, whew, yeah, do they have? I'm I I mean, I'm just gonna come out and say, do they have any wins? Yeah, I think they have one or two, but like, hey, look, we. We underestimated what they were able to do with the five, but based on the way Julius Randle's playing, yeah, I would say that they are not a winless team. Okay, yeah, I, would, fine. I would say that so they, they would have gotten a win somewhere. I yeah. am not sure that I agree that they would have gotten two. I'm not sure where that. Um, honestly, I'm not. Even, there's no. There's no obvious like. Oh, they would have won that game without Randle. But I guess my you 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 are often in the NBA only as good as your best player. The Knicks came in with the lowest over-under win total in the league. That is because everybody looked at them and they're like, oh, they have the worst best player in the league. And through 10 games, it is quite clear that they do not have the worst best player in the league. They have maybe the, I don't know, 22nd best player in the league who's playing over that, right? Right. And what is he actually? Probably somewhere in, in that lower vicinity. Um but I also don't want to give all of the credit to Randall because there's been other good things that have been happening. And I just want to highlight a few of those before we get to the bad. Um, and actually real, very, very, very quickly before I do that, I am happy you separated the thunder game from this game because you can't win in the NBA when you shoot, well, they shoot 35% on Friday night. It was, it was whereabouts. True. Yeah. Something along those lines. Um, and it was just, yes, a lot of that was a lack of ball movement, but a lot of that was just like, they just, they just weren't in shots. Um, those nights happen. The Thunder game was like a night that happens. Tonight is a, another kind of night that happens, but a different kind of night that happens. Yeah. You know, it's it's like where well, you face a really good team and you're not a very good team. Um, some of the other stuff that I've liked, aside from Randall, who honestly, this whole episode could be about Randall, but what are we going to say? He's playing like a top 20 player, top 15 player. He's like, playing like an all-star. He's absolutely playing like an all-star. The question is, is he is he actually playing at an all-NBA level? I would have to go look through the first like stats for like the top guys in the league over the first 10 games. I think there's an argument. We don't have to have that argument right now, but man, if you like talk about a guy that stuck out like a, a sore thumb in a good way tonight, it was Julius Randle. He was just awesome. I mean, he yeah. was he, he was great. Um just to say though, if you do get Julius Randle off this team. It's with the expectation you're getting something in return. So like, yeah, like in the Chris well, Paul trade, for example, it would be Julius Randle going out, but Hey, coming in is Chris Paul. Like that, I guess that's the thought process behind it where you would still, it's not like you're, he's just poof gone and you don't have anything back for it. It would be, you actually ret- receive something in return 
that is a positive value. Yes, if if, if he had gone out over the over the summer. Um, so these just beeping. I have to figure this out. Just silence right, your phone. <laughs> no, it's not my phone. It's, oh, it's your it's computer. The computer. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's and, well, hold on. Let me try to silence my. Let me try to. This is real, real John of the Macri's technology snafus in action, folks, and live. This is this is it. This is my life. Um, Mitchell Robinson. Um, I, I don't what were Jokic's numbers tonight. I'm looking up right now. I'm sure they were they were very good. Um, nine for 22, 15, 10, yeah. five. Okay, I'm nine Great. of 15 shooting. Yeah, there is no center in the league that's playing right now that could prevent him from putting up that stat line. And I'm not sure there's many centers in NBA history that could prevent him from putting up that stat line. The the number of shots that he put up tonight that were just utter garbage, just calling them garbage is too polite. They were just like, I don't know. Um, he just they, hoisted like, them off the, the the glass and they somehow found their way in. He was shot putting them. Yeah, off the, I know. you know you know and and, and Mitchell Robinson. I am. I feel very comfortable saying this, and feel free to disagree. I thought he played Jokic as literally as well as a center could play him. Yeah. Um. He got the faked out once the, mm-hmm. on the pump fake on the mid ranger. That that was there. There was maybe an early three that he didn't. He could have maybe contested a little bit better. You could count them on one hand, and you don't need most of the fingers. Um. The possessions that he didn't play Jokic great, and that has been Mitchell Robinson all season long. So if you're looking at this Knicks thing big picture wise, and you're like, man, am I really getting excited about this? Is there really something bigger happening here, or is it just Randall playing? Well, a someone needed to get Randall to buy in and be this guy. That's number one. And two, somebody needed to take the lump of clay that was Mitchell Robinson and turn him into what we've seen, which is a guy who should absolutely be in the running for an all-defense spot this year. Yeah. No, I mean, he was fantastic in what he was doing. Um, I guess it's the sort of thing where I, I talked a little bit about Mitch in terms of how it's so great on a nightly basis, whether he's on or off his game, you can see that there's, there's growth there. Um, it's also nice just to zoom out and see what he's able to accomplish. And it's tremendous. I, I'm with you. I mean, we saw Jokic go off. At least, I, I don't know if you happened to catch this game because it ran a little late, but against the Mavs where he hit this immediate, just insane buzzer beater where it's. Oh like, yeah. No, I saw that. Yeah, It was fantastic. And it was great to see. And he's playing at an MVP level. I, it wouldn't shock me at this point if he were the MVP. Um, oh, right. Can we have a real quick? Are we allowed to have a very, very quick side discussion on sure. who the MVP front runner is right now? Hold on, I'm pulling out my NBA standings right now. Because um, I, I think you could say Jokic or Embiid are some of the guys at the top. I can't give what? it to Embiid with some, like he. They came out there and they laid a big fat turd all over uh, the what? What's the name of Brooklyn's arena? Barclays. Barclays. Yeah, all, all, all over the Barclays floor the other night. Um, he already took a game off. Um, I can't. No, jo- Joel. Fuck Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's <laughs> not the, the MVP. Um, Jalen Brown is in the conversation, but Jokic is having a better year than him. Uh, Bucks are six and four. Just... It's not going to go to Giannis again. It's no, it's not going to. I mean, two, the only person who's is it's just Bird, right? I think Bird's the only one who's won three in a row. Um, no, I don't think a single player since the NBA ABA merger has won three MVPs. Bird won in three in a row. I don't think. Oh my god! I'll Come check on. while you while you look through. You your feel list. free to check. I'm all right. concerned about this. Um, the Clippers have been too inconsistent. Uh, Luke, the Mavs are five and four. Uh, I would probably put Luke as the closest competitor because he, you know, he missed one game, but he's been doing some special things. Curry's obviously doing what Curry's doing. Maybe it's it's weird because those teams don't have good records. Those teams are just 5 and 4 right now and obviously, you know, the, the Nuggets who we're talking about are 5 and 5. Um I would say those might be my top 3 right now. Jokic, Curry, Luka, De- Anthony Davis will will be heard from obviously. Yeah. Um and yeah, I guess Embiid will will round out the top. Okay, those would be my 5. All right. Much to my chagrin to admit this, you are in fact right. But this is what happens when you're born a thousand years ago and you have lived to see so much basketball that you just know the history of it. So stop, kudos to you. Just stop. It was like, I, I think well, the first of those MVPs was before I was born. So yeah, it was the year you were you born. Know. So it, it it's okay. It's all right. Anyway, <laughs> Jokic, here's, here's the point. Nikola Jokic is really good. Yes. <laughs> 
Anyway, continue. Yeah. We're either, what were we talking about? I don't even know. I think we're talking about Mitch. Um, yeah. So yeah. He's, he's been great. He's, he's been, been great. great. Yeah, it's nice to see. And I think that's the benefit of Kenny Payne. And, you know, I mean, I, I won't lie. I still, I'm still convinced that what's holding Mitch back from shooting is Mitch. And we, we can have this conversation another time. It doesn't really matter all that much. When I see growth from him right now, I'm thinking that's great. I, you're working on what care. you're working on. I, I mean, I do. I, but I, you care? Yeah, a bit. Just a little bit. I do. It's not the most pressing factor right now, but it's the thought of when you look at this lineup all and right. you look at everything that they're going through and you have to have Alfred Payton being the one to try to, to space things out a little bit because he, he can't shoot, but he does. And then you have Mitchell Robinson who can't shoot and he doesn't. That's, that's a little bit of a problem. You have to admit that clogs things up a little bit more. It's, 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 throwing, it's throwing more oil in the fire. And that's well, a little bit problematic. It's not enough for me to say, I can't believe this is happening and, and you know, go on a diatribe about why Mitch is in the wrong here. It's just more, it would the, help things. It would help the, balance things out more if he did. Jeremy, the day we have you doing a diatribe on Mitchell Robinson, not shooting outside shots on this podcast is the day I hang it up. And maybe that's what you want to see. All right. Maybe, you know what? Now you know how to get me out of here. I, do, I have um, another way, actually. Uh, just got a text from Andrew. Our best friend. Oh, uh, God. What did I he do? He said, in all caps, definitely don't tell John the Browns are up 28 nothing in the first quarter. Is that a real thing that's happening right now? I mean, I don't see why he would say it and lie, um, but I'll, I, I'll, be, I'll be sure to, to fact check this very quickly. Um, and yeah, no, it's 28 nothing at the end of the It's 28 nothing. Okay. Well, that's this. It's a good thing I have a fairly full bottle of. Uh, uh, bourbon in the in the cabinet um but again this is how you know i'm a farewell or steers fan you just told me that and i'm like <laughs> yeah, eh. whatever back to the next yeah i'm yeah i'm much more concerned uh, listen <laughs> i i bleed orange and blue say what you want about me my takes are awful i suck at life that's fine i i care very deeply about this team and it, it really it is bothering me a lot that they got their ass kicked tonight but um we're, we, we yeah. persevere um what i was going to say is um the the final tally is in um, the Knicks uh, dropped to eighth in defensive rating. They are now 107.4. So eighth in the league. Um, I, I do not have Mitchell Robinson's updated individual on-court defensive rating number. Although before tonight, it was 101.9, which was by far the best on the team of any of the uh, regulars. And I suspect that that number will stay steady or, or go down because their defense absolutely fell apart when he sat tonight. And it was perhaps as noticeable as it has been any night this season. Um, so good job, Julius Randall. Good job, Mitchell Robinson. I guess the other than like the defense generally and like the offense generally, like trying to make, you know, chicken salad at a, at a chicken shit. I don't know that there, is there any other player that we could turn to and be like, yes, that guy came out and like has given us something like, yeah, Austin Rivers had his moment, but like, I don't know. You feeling great about the season Kevin Knox has had quickly has had for the couple of games he's played, you know, when we have to, we have to talk about him. I'll bring him up now, I guess, RJ Barrett, like, yeah, no, you're not, we're not feeling great about any of these other, and they're five and five and we're not feeling great about any of these other guys. Right. Right. And I think that's also a testament as to what a lot of Julius Randle has been able to do. A little bit Mitchell Robinson. Gosh. Yeah. Having veteran presence. Again, I, I don't have an issue. I don't have an issue with the veterans logging the minutes that they have when you look at the injury report and what's out there. Because the bottom line is that for a lot of this team, yeah. they're mostly going to be ancillary players. And that's okay. But you just have to develop them as such, but you're going to see younger guys get out. We, we saw quickly be hurt for what four games. Didn't even really play much in the first game of the season. Played half yeah. the game. Yeah. Um, Obi Toppins missed nine games. Frank Nilakina is going to miss a lot six more games. He's going to miss more time. So it, it bothers me more if these players are available and we're seeing the types of minutes that we're witnessing right now. Can but, I make you a prediction? Sure. I think what's, I, Thibodeau's never, I, I mean, I, I looked it up the other day. I was shocked that it was high as it was. It was like 20, 30 minutes that the the Knicks had played with neither Randall nor Barrett on the floor, although I think some of that may have been garbage time. In any case, um, I don't think we're ever going to see a meaningful minute of Knicks basketball for the rest of the season in which 
one of Randall or RJ are not on the floor. I think what will happen though is as Obi comes back and as Burke comes back, we'll have longer stretches where it is only one of them on the floor. So I think whatever they're averaging right now, I think they're both averaging about 38 minutes a game. I think that'll go down a hair to like 37, 36. And honestly, if those guys are averaging 36 minutes a night, I like I'm me, I'm not gonna have an issue. That's me. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think if any fans do, they should look out west towards Portland, where the Blazers, especially last year, and I think they're still doing it right now, um, they do everything in their power to have one of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum on the floor at, at all times. Because again, this is a league of stars. And am I saying that RJ Barrett or Julius Randle are at the level of CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard? Definitely not for Dame for Julius, but you know maybe he's close to CJ levels and the point still is that you keep your best players on the floor as long as you can and you listen to them. And if they're hurt, they go off. Uh, speaking of which, another player who was injured, uh, Thomas Bryant, unfortunately tore his ACL. So that he was not playing significant minutes. Um, point still is you, you need to have your best players on the floor. And I'm with you. I think that if there were a third player who really stood out, and I, I don't necessarily mean that. I mean, yes, I mean that positively overall, uh, because if you're looking at RJ Barrett, a lot of his games have stunk tonight. He might've yeah, been one, he might've been the worst player on the floor tonight for the heavy rotation guys. So you have to consider that, but you, like this, this is the, this is the trouble that I have with RJ because I look at what he's doing and it's, he's struggling a lot and that's okay because of the fact that he still hasn't even played the equivalent of a full NBA season. And yet then I also think, well, but again, how many caveats do we necessarily have? And don't get me wrong, this isn't well, me giving up. This isn't me saying he he's going to be one thing or another. It's more just kind of weighing all the options here and and give, wanting to give him ample opportunity. And the reality is he's going to have that opportunity. He's going to continue to play, which is great. But we're going to have a much better idea of who he is after his third season. And right now we're, yes, we're at the beginning of his second, but hypothetically speaking, we're we're not really even at the end of his first, if that's how we're going. About no, because, it, so. and because yes, because he was on the verge of, and look, he's, he's had some really nice moments. Um, where I disagree with you is for RJ. I don't think it's about the timeline. I think it's about the situation. And I've been saying it on the post games um, the last couple nights. He, <laughs> He doesn't have the skill set to be a second guy on a good team. Not right now, for sure. Yeah. But so what has it? So for right, I went on a podcast, a a different Knicks podcast earlier this morning. um, And I I knew they were going to ask me about RJ because it was a podcast I went on previously. And uh, I had a quote. I had some quote that like made the rounds. Oh, your cat's out um, uh, about RJ saying that like he had a bad year last year. So, I knew they were going to ask me about him again. And I looked up, I was like, I wonder amongst players who are playing a certain amount of minutes and had played a certain amount of games um, and had a certain usage, where did RJ's effective field goal percentage rank in the league this year? And whatever, whatever the parameters I used, um, and I'm not going to try to look them up again right now because I don't care, but it was, it was like 94 players. And his effective field goal percentage was 92nd. Um, he's he's just he's struggling shooting the ball, and he's struggling shooting it from everywhere. He's struggling shooting it from outside. He is not converting tough looks at the at the rim. He had a few moments late in this game, so you know he's not a guy you could be like, "Hey, go get me a bucket." Not right now, at least. So you then ask, okay, well. It's 10 games into his second season. Is there stuff that we could reasonably expect to change as he gets older? Yes, of course. His three-point shot could start falling. Um, He could continue to get even more patient um, when he has the ball in the post. Um, And that will be aided, obviously, by more spacing because you can't really be patient in the post if there are two and three and four and five and six arms coming at you because there are not a lot of shooters on the floor. So I think some of these things will, will start to happen, but you know, I, I guess there were people who expected him to come out and be like, 
I don't know, look like an all-star this year. That, you know, that's just not, that's not really what's happened, which is fine. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah. But as long as we're honest about what's happening and, and then we, we go on from there. And it's also why I still stand by the belief of even if RJ becomes your alpha, pretend he's not because then you're left with a situation where you have two alphas if things pan out. And if it doesn't, then you have someone who can either be a useful player or a useful asset in netting someone who's better. He's going to be a good player. That's the thing, though. He is. Yeah. Right. He's it's just patient. He's and, he's, and, he's, right. and he's more He's more helpful than not right now, today. Yeah. Which you could not say about him last year. Right. And then you think as well, again, to go back to what we've been talking about, if you get someone next to him, like an Oladipo type, doesn't have to be Oladipo, but someone in the backcourt who can create constant pressure that, sure, like it can give RJ open looks. He has to hit them. He's certainly not doing a great job of that right now. But even if RJ uses his strength to bully his way in, there's still going to be pressure drawn to someone else like that Oladipo type player. Yeah. And that's inspiring to think about. And that's also why, again, this, this year just feels like it's not a blank slate, but it is because it's still year one of the Rose rebuild. Um, but you still want it to be good enough that it's not the absolute worst. Or is it actually year zero? Because the, the, how many times are we going to make the joke? They said in college, wait till he gets some NBA spacing. And we're still waiting, right? Because as <laughs> I love your cat, your cat is the best. Um, as Dallas came on, you know, the podcast and talked about it this week, um, he's still sharing a starting lineup with three non-shooters. And actually, let me take that back because I don't know that you could call Julius Randle a non-shooter anymore. He was what, two for five tonight from three or three for five, whatever it was. He's keeping defenses honest, but but um, he is a non-shooter in the in the respect that uh, nobody's guarding Julius Randle. If Julius Randle wants to take a three, Julius Randle is going to be allowed to take a three. Mitchell Robinson, as you were delighted to point out before, uh, when he wants to take a three, it'll be right there for him. Alfred Payton, same thing. Um, so for all intents and purposes, he is sharing a starting lineup with three non-shooters. So that gets us. We've talked about the good. We, we've talked about the bad. Um, do, do, by the way, before we move on to the Payton point guard discussion, do we need to talk about like Kevin Knox? Do we need to talk about Emmanuel quickly? I mean, like these are quickly. I'm, I'm not worried about quickly. He's a rookie. He's feeling his way. Knox, we saw some, saw some moments. Yeah. Right. Um, it seems that uh, when he sticks to the rivers, uh, what is the TLC song? Well, I mean, I know it's waterfalls, <laughs> but I'm trying to think what the exact quote where, um, please stick, please stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. When, when Kevin Knox sticks to the rivers and the lakes that he's used to, he does a fine job. If you want him to do more, if you want him to chase you got multiple beeps for that one, then it's going to be a bit problematic. You know, I'm sorry. I lost it. It's fine. It's you need some TLC. You're, you just, you I'm, are I'm the gonna, gift. You are the gift that continues to give and you're like the giving tree. I just, I ain't too proud to beg. That's, that's all I'm saying. I feel like Michael Keaton and, <laughs> I just, and the I, other yeah, guys. You have to stop. You have to stop. Um, Kevin Knox. Uh, at, <laughs> well, it's great because he also hides behind screens sometimes. And he'll creep. Just keeps on the down low. Nobody has to know. When things are going well, Kevin Knox benefits. <laughs> when things are not going, see, you got the beep. Um when this Kevin, is what Blue Wire gets, by the way. Yeah, this is Blue Wire. You can't give it back now. Um, when when things are Kevin Knox is is goes as the team is going. We we've seen him benefit from when the ball's whizzing around and and uh, and good things are happening. I'm gonna shoot. I really want to throw on my phone. Um, when when it's kind of stagnant, which the offense has been a lot, unfortunately, he kind of stagnates with it, which is an interesting quirk that I don't know what you do about, but it sure seems to. Be, that's like the eye test. Um, you know, Bullock is not really hitting a shot yet, but he's, you know, Bullock's been Bullock. Noel's been a little bit of a bit of disappointment. Um, I don't think we need to talk about anybody else. Let's talk about the point guard situation and then we'll, we'll get, get out of here. Um, if you're Tibbs, would you, would you make a change? And, and if so, what, what change would it be? Who would you I mean, go Sure. To? Yes. I, again, I'd like to see quickly starting. You would like to see quickly starting. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, Interesting. Let me, okay, let me no, this well, no, no, no. Let me, let me reconsider. Um, 
Austin Rivers. You have to reconsider on my behalf. Well, it's not. It's more when you you raise an interesting point because Austin Rivers by heart is not a point guard, and yet if you're able to get enough ball movement with someone like Julius Randle, where you don't necessarily need that player. So, if Austin Rivers gives you a better chance to win, and I don't, the more I think about it, yes. How can I necessarily say Emmanuel quickly has proven? that he should start over someone like Austin Rivers when you see how much Austin Rivers opens up. So I'm going to change my answer. Absolutely. I'm going to say Austin Rivers feels like the guy where if you made that change, it might lessen the burden because let's face it, who else are you really going to swap out? Um, Unless you took out Reggie Bullock and put Austin Rivers in there. Uh, unless you put in what, Rivers and, you know, if you did the Quivers, Quivers lineup. Right. That's the thing. I don't, Oh, you're saying take out Peyton and quickly, or sorry, take out, sorry, Peyton, take and, out Bullock. Peyton and Bullock and, and putting in Quivers if you Bullock. wanted to, but that would also lead your bench a little or leave your bench a little depleted. It really depends a lot on Alec Burks when he comes back, because assuming he comes back, I'd like to see him in the starting lineup because then you bump Bullock down. And then if you wanted to play him with the wing with Quivers, you could, but I'd also like to see Bullock maybe just not play a whole lot of minutes because I don't understand why he necessarily needs see, to be I, seventh or eighth in the rotation. Man, I love when we disagree because it really doesn't happen that often. I disagree with you here in a few ways. Um, one, I think Bullock should absolutely play because I know he's shooting whatever he's shooting. I think this is the when one of us says something that's bullshit, the, that's when the phone beeps. Um, I Whatever Bullock is shooting, 35 36, 38%. So it's not good. Um, I think he is, he's not getting like defenses are keyed in on him. He's not sitting there behind the three point line loading up and his shot still looks good to me. I trust him out there. And if he gets a little bit more space to like, not space, let me rephrase that. If he gets extra, like an extra millisecond, I think he's more of these looks are going to start, coming falling down taking a little bit too many long twos for my liking but like at the same time when he like has these little off the dribble mid-rangers some of them like around the randall screen assist that he had tonight i thought that looked good um i don't think i don't think bullock's a problem it's not it's not being a problem it's more the idea there's no shame in better players playing ahead of you so you bring up burks as a replacement for bullock what about just burks and bullock what about a starting lineup of Burks, Bullock, RJ, Randall, and Mitch? I mean, I'm sure, but it's just the idea of, in reality, I don't see them taking out a nominal point guard. And I I agree with you. I don't foresee this happening either, and I don't think they're going to make any change until the 20-game mark, which I know Ian Bagley mentioned in his report, uh, I think it was this week, about that's when they would reassess like their roster. But I just think they're going to give this rotation, this starting lineup, a good solid 20 games and see where they're at. Um, it's an interesting number. That they, they said 25, but the reason I want to point that out is because the 23rd game of the season happens to fall on the same day where players that you signed out of free agency from other teams are eligible to be traded. Yeah. I don't expect, you know, I think a couple of years ago, we saw Ariza and Ubre that trade the very first moment that free agency opened up on uh, December 15th. That's not going to probably you happen. You mean the either. trade, you could uh, trade players. The soonest opened you up. could. Yeah. yeah exactly. in, in a regular season, it would be December 15th. Um, that's not going to happen here. I don't see the Knicks being like, oh, well, it's February 3rd. Let's just get everyone out there and who we need to start trading. It's not going to work that way. But it's still just an interesting time to – it's an interesting benchmark to me because it falls right around the time where these players are eligible and you start to see injuries pile up and we don't know what effects COVID might have. And um, and but besides, I mean, 25 games in of a 72-game season is more than a third of the way through. Yeah. You kind of know who you are by that point. Yeah. And I think, you know, what, look, this is, they, they've played 10 games and this is the fourth game they haven't scored 90 points. So um, I think if there was ever an excuse for a coach to get a little experimental and maybe go outside the box, I mean, he's already got his power forward running the offense, you know, lion's share of the assists and the whole thing. Um, I don't think it's like that nuts. Uh, for him to experiment with this, especially when you look at the starting lineup 
and you say there are three certainties in the starting lineup and they're the three guys I mentioned before. And there are three guys who I don't care what they do the rest of the season, Barrett, Randall and Mitch. No one's going to respect their shots like they're going to have room to shoot. So at that point, for you to figure out a way to get a second shooter in that starting five, it's almost like it's just like a math. It's math like you have to. I think you have to examine that, whether it's Burks, whether it's Rivers, whether it's quickly. I don't think it'll be quickly. I don't think he's going to put a starting point guard uh, job on the shoulders of this kid. Um, and and frankly, I don't blame him as much as I wouldn't mind because you'd be putting him out there with the best players. You'd be giving him that much more of a chance to succeed. If anybody, I think I do with Burks, that's just me. Um, but then what it sets up is a situation where, again, assuming everybody's healthy, Peyton moves to the second unit with a bunch of shooters which the only dicey question there is if Noel keeps playing minutes, then who falls out of the rotation, assuming a 10-man rotation? Or does Noel fall out of the rotation? Or does Peyton fall out of the rotation? I don't think that's going to happen. No, I can already tell you right now. I mean, I strongly believe that Taj Gibson being brought into the fold means that Noel at some point will either be out of the rotation really? or off of the team. That's the, That was the first thought I had. That's really interesting. Because, you know, I mean... I didn't think that, but okay. Sure, they need, they need healthy bodies, absolutely. And he's a great practice player. Tibbs called him the best practice player in Taj Gibson that he's ever had. Um, I don't even think that New Orleans Noel is going to fetch you that much value, but I think that for some teams out there, like the Thunder were a playoff team last year, and they were able to utilize New Orleans Noel in a backup role for like 18 minutes a year, 18 minutes uh, per game, excuse me, yeah. and it worked. Um, and, you know, I, I could see a team biting on that. Maybe uh, perhaps the Knicks take on a bigger contract or they attach another player um, to that con, you know, wh- whatever it might be. But I, that's, that was my instant reaction, which was you know, kind of like, I don't see them coexisting on the roster together long-term, but who knows? No, I, I, you, you might be right. I guess we should note also that no one's the wall fired his agent earlier this year. He just hired a new agent. Um, uh, the uh, Chris Gaston, former guest of the of the Knicks Film School podcast, um, also a guest on the Knicks Film School podcast. I just you leave you you nobody leaves me speechless, and you do it once a week. If All I'm hearing is I take your breath away, which you, I, well, that's thank you. that too. Um, he represents uh, Damian Dotson, who never never caught on here. And I'm not saying that that means like Noel has a foot out the door, but you know, it's just, it's interesting to me that uh fires agent after he signed the contract with the Knicks. Um, who knows? Who I knows heard what? the, I heard that he had a lot of trouble um, signing the contract though. Cause he just had issues picking up the pen. Cause his hands are stone. That was, that was long. That was a longer joke than I was hoping it to be. It, I, saw I think that faster, is that joke is is a sign that we need to finish up this fucking podcast. Probably, probably. No, it was a good effort. Um, yeah, I don't look rotation question. <laughs> rotation questions down the line where everybody is healthy are silly to even have because let's wait until everybody's healthy and God yeah. knows it may never happen. But I do. I think the the point of the matter is, I I, I would just for a lot of reasons. Um, and I'm not saying that Alfred's been terrible because he hasn't been terrible um, in in comparison to, to some of the other options. Um, he shouldn't be know, leading the team in shots at various points of the game, though. Late well, in the games. I just want to put that out there. I've actually been tracking it, and it's not fun to have to keep updating it because... And, and this is another night. This is another night where um, I'm going to just guess. I'm going to guess he had three assists tonight. Let's, I'm going to look right now. He had, all right, he had five assists. So it's a little bit more than I thought. Um, he had one assist uh, last game. Like there are just, he had a few nice, again, he had a few nice moments tonight. When he's going well, it's good. But if you have a guy that even when he's going well, it, his presence constricts the offense and he's only going well 40, 50% of the time, right? It's like that's, you know, it's worth it to, to, to look at some, another option. And um, I don't know what it's going to be, but I, I would do it. I hope Tibbs does it. If I have one serious complaint, semi-serious complaint, not serious complaint, semi-serious complaint about the first 10 games, it, it's that. But then again, 
Oh, wait, it's not a complaint because Burks has been hurt and Rivers was hurt for a while and quickly has been bad the past few games. So, you know what? I have no complaints. No Nick fan has any right to complain about a blessed thing after 10 games. They're five and five. What did you want from this team? Just what did you want? All right. Um, anything else from you, Jeremy? I, I got I got nothing. Um, well, you want to do the predict the schedule again? Oh, yeah. Let's. Oh, I, thank you. Thank you. I, sure. I, I like this. I like this bit. So how about, um, since we're at the 10 game mark, you want to do the next 10 and also exclusively the next four? Because we got four games between now and the next podcast. No, we should do well. We should do both. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so we'll do. Yeah, perfect. Um, okay, so I have the old the old schedule. Oh my god, <laughs> they only play two. I believe two home games. Unless okay, let me read off the next ten first. Okay, um, Monday tomorrow today. By the time you're hearing this, uh, at Charlotte. Um, then Brooklyn at home at Cleveland at Boston, who is currently, who's probably going to have only, um, eight, uh, players. They, their game was postponed tonight. We don't know what's going on with them. Tatum is going to be out for that game. If it's, if it's played, I can't believe I just said that, but, um, then home for Orlando, um, next Monday. So another back-to-back next Sunday and Monday where they, We'll finish the game in Boston, then fly home from Monday to play Orlando. So those are the next five. Then four-game West Coast road trip. Two days off at Golden State, back-to-back into Sacramento. So that's a Thursday, Friday, Golden State, Sacramento. Um, Then at Portland on Sunday, at Utah on Tuesday. I'm sure Utah is going to be rare when I go for that one. And then finally, the 10th and final game. So it's three out of the next 10 are, are at home. Um, at home for Cleveland. So those are the next 10 games. Um, do you, And then just until we record that. So we're going to record after the Boston game. Okay. Do you want to do 10 game, 10 game prediction first? Sure. Okay. Let's do a 10 game. Um, you went first last time. So. Well, you go first this time. Well, well, I, I won because I was closer. So I should get to pick. All right. So what's the verdict? I'm going first. No, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I think. Hmm. At Golden State, at Sacramento, at Portland, at Utah, they could very well lose all those games. I mean, they could very well lose all ten of these games. Um, hmm. I think I'm just going to stick with what worked for me last time. Two and eight? No. Oh, you said four and six. Four and six. Okay. Hush right. you. Sorry. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go four. I'll go four and six. I don't. I don't. I thought about taking the three and three and seven, but I'm gonna. I'm. I'm buying my own bullshit. I. I. I think that. I think they're gonna be okay. I think they're gonna figure out whether it's the next four. I think are interesting. Charlotte. Does Kyrie play? Maybe. Maybe he feels like taking another game off. We'll see. Um, at Cleveland, at Boston, I think they win one of those. I think they win one on the West Coast. I think they could win tomorrow. Home for Cleveland. Yeah, I'm going to go four. I'm going to go four. I'm going to go four wins. All right. Um, man, I'm, I want to believe. I really do, especially after I just said three and seven and they went five and five. Um you can't pick Char- five five. No, I, I wasn't planning on it. That, that was not one of the options I had, um, at least plausibly. You know, again, Charlotte's a tougher team than I think people might Charlotte's think. Charlotte's good. I've been watching a lot of Charlotte. Yep. Yep. Um, Brooklyn. All right. I'm going to say, God, this is hard. Th- those West Coast swings are just so. Are difficult. you thinking of going two and eight? Uh, I'm kind of thinking about it. And wow. I hate that I am. It's not a lack of trust in the team. It's more a belief in the other team. So I'm going to be unoriginal and say three and seven again. Okay. And I think this time it'll swing back more okay. towards that's, me. That's, um, that's fine. Um, I'm going to say, and since I won the four, or like the games in between now and the next podcast last week, I said two and two, you said one and three. Sure. Whatever. I will, I will pick. Um, I'm going to say in the next four, they go one and three. So that's Charlotte, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Boston. I'll go two and two the next four. All right. 
All right. So there this we go. This is fun. We'll revisit. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we will revisit. Um, okay. I hope, I, listen, I hope they, imagine if they go five and five again. All right. Now that we did that, uh, anything else from you, Mr. Cohen? Um, no, I guess if you're in the DC area, stay safe and um, make the right choices for everyone. Everybody out there, please make the right choices. Yes. In life. Uh, and uh, thank you for listening to uh, the inaugural episode of the Nick's Web School podcast on uh, on Blue Wire. We're, again, we're excited to be here. Hopefully, you know, long, long partnership. And uh, I will, I got a couple episodes coming up this week, um, including um, I'm going to be speaking with um, a very special someone to preview uh, the Nets game on uh, Wednesday night. So until then, uh, everybody enjoy the beginning of your week. Stay safe, and uh, we will talk to you soon.